0: The continuing COVID situation in the Philippines, Chinese aggression in the West Philippine Sea, and the looming presidential elections in 2022. These and more as we wrap up November 2021. Welcome to another episode of Podcasts, Conversations on Philippine History, Politics, and Society. Hi, I am Lee Candelaria.
1: I am Vecal Porha.
0: And I am Aaron Maliari. And today we invited...
2: uh... Guest for our monthly wrap up, a friend, a PhD candidate uh, at the Australian National University, we have Professor Cleve
3: Arguelles. Hi, Cleve. Hello, hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me for this episode.
1: Hello, Cleve. Welcome to the show.
3: Kungusta
2: naman ang iyong buhay, Pilipinas in spite of being a Ph.D. student in Australia?
3: Uh, ayun, ako, I think interesting, I was just in La Union. So, nakapagbakasyon ako ng saglit. And surprisingly, maraming tao. And that area also being part of the supposedly solid north in the Philippines. So, may mga interesting observations din ako kung paano nag-shape up yung parang on the ground, yung election season doon, no? So yon was an interesting time for me. Na naka, interesting kasi nakabaka-sure masarap pala sa feeling yon. Bilang <laughs> for sure da kita yung nagtatrabaho but but also naka-chika pa din ng inside.
2: All right. So guys, okay, so let's start off with the hot topics for November. So, as of November 29, uh, we are recording this on November 29, 2021. The COVID situation in the Philippines uh, is still ongoing, of course. And for today, we had 16,289 active cases with new cases recorded at 993 individuals. So, yung isang major issue na lumabas ngayong November pagdating sa COVID-19 situation sa Pilipinas ay siyempre, yung usapin din ng pagbabalik sa eskola wela ng mga mag-aral sa Pilipinas. So, sure bilang isang polisya, naging malaking usapin nito dahil sure na papatuli panga yung COVID-19 situation. So, according to the Department of Education, the plan was to launch a pilot run of face-to-face classes starting from November 15 hanggang January 31 doon sa mga selected areas ng Pilipinas na supposedly ay low risk or may mababang cases ng COVID-19. At pagdating ng January, pagkatapos ng dry run na ito, ay magkakaroon ng assessment at hopefully by March 7 ay magkakaroon ng widening ng scope ng mga paaralan na bibigyan ng uh, pagkakataon na mag-dry run para sa face-to-face classes. Dahil ang goal ay siyempre pagdating ng new school year by 2022 ay mag-face-to-face classes. Na. However, medyo naging malaking usapin ulit siya towards the latter part of this month dahil na-record ng South Africa ang isang bagong variant, na-discover ng South Africa ang isang bagong variant ng COVID-19 Initially ay ito ay pinangalanan Omicron ng World Health Organization at ito ay na-sequence nga sa South Africa at supposedly ito ay may mutation na medyo kakaiba kumpara doon sa mga nakaraang variant lalo na sa Delta variant at supposedly ito ay highly transmissible at meron siyang certain level of capacity na maging resilient or mayroon siyang reduced sensitivity doon sa antibodies na nai-induce ng mga vaccine. So nagkaroon ng of course global reaction again sa bagong variant na ito to the point nga na nagkaroon ulit ng mga pagbaban ng mga travel from South Africa at mga neighboring countries na siyempre nag-spark rin ng reaction from South Africa dahil nga sinabi nila na hindi naman nanggaling sa South Africa necessarily yung variant, sila lang yung nakapag-sequence nung bagong variant. So, ayan na naman yung ongoing conversation. It appears that the COVID-19 situation not just in the Philippines but in the world is still pretty much here as of Today, as we are speaking, dito sa Austria where I am, meron pa lockdown na in-impose. So, ito yung first sa European Union na nag-impose ulit ng bagong lockdown mula nung na-declare yung pandemic ng 2020.
1: Actually, today then ay National Vaccination Day dito sa Pilipinas. So, kung yung mga tao mag-absent sa kanilang trabaho... Ah uh, excuse nila kung ang dahilan ay dahil nagpa nagpatulok sila nagpa inoculate sila and i think it's a indication ito na nira ramp up ano pinapabilis yung roll out ng ng mga bakuna uh, recently nag-start na ring bakunahan yung mga bata ba siguro kasi meron nga ngang plano to to reopen the schools dahil i think Pilipinas kung hindi man ang huli ay among the last countries to reopen uh, schools in the whole world so Eh yung mga nakikita nating efforts sa lukuyan. Ang sobrang saya ko din this month, actually, kasi tinanggal na yung face shield. So, merong kakaibang freedom na, na kaakibat okay,
0: Pero pa- ayun na nga, vekang problema kasi ay may balibalitang. Ibabalik nga dahil may bagong variant.
1: Bumagsak ba ang stock ng ang stocks ng hangback? <laughs> Kailangan anulit ko mita. So yun nga, so ito it's kaya nga parib, I mean the previous weeks bago lumitaw itong Omicron var- variant, very very optimistic ako actually kasi uh, mababa ang new cases every day, uh, usually mga 800 900, uh, minsan na lang yung nalampas isang 1,000. Kung ikukumpara mo yan dun sa mga nakaraang buwan na uh, ten thousand plus a day, so uh, nag-improve naman talaga ng sitwasyon siguro owing din to the fact na uh, marami na ding nababakunahan. Tapos, here we go. Uh, meron na naman tayong Omicron variant. Tapos, sabi, sabi ni, ano, kiboloy. <laughs> Kaya may Omicron ay dahil pina ito sa US. Ganon. <laughs> for, for sexual offenses. Anyway, so, interesting developments regarding vaccine, regarding this variant, at ano yung mga susunod the steps na Ah uh, gagawin ng pamahalaan sa December sa huling buwan ng taon ibabalik ka ba nila ang face shield or sana ay mag tuloy-tuloy yung yung pag ramp up ng vaccine program natin kasi I think nahuhuli nga tayo sa sa buong mundo kung 2020
2: ano. Oh I think mahalagang i-highlight natin din yun na kailangan talagang ipagpatuloy yung papalaganap ng pangailangan na magkaroon ng booster shots para dun sa iba na lalo na sa mga healthcare workers at sa mga senior citizens at mga persons at risk. At syempre, dun sa mga hindi pa nababakunahan, I think napakahalaga talaga na i-campaign na mabakunahan. Kasi halimbawa dito rin sa Europa, napakalakas ng anti-vaccination campaigns at nakakaroon talaga sila ng ng rally at nakaka- ang hirap talaga ng pushback ng gobyerno na ikampanya yung science para sa pag-combat natin ng pandemic.
1: Oo, ba si Djokovic nga, parang may ganyan siyang, parang hindi siya lalaro sa Australian Open kasi required ang vaccination. Ay, magpabakuna. Ay, mga ganyan eh. So, tiging ko sa Pilipinas hindi masyadong, sa ngayon ah, parang, parang wala akong masyadong nag- nasa sense na vaccine hesitancy. Mukhang convinced naman ang mga tao.
0: Eh, tahimik si Percy de Acosta, So,
1: Kaya <laughs> yeah, siguro, siguro Parang,
0: parang ang tagal, ano, no? parang last decade na yun no? Pero just, it was just a few years ago but Buti naman at parang namatay yung vaccine hesitancy Or siguro hindi lang tayo aware kung meron bang movement talaga Meron
2: ba May recently na mga nag-launch ng mga oh, sila, protest ano, movements
1: Sila Pen Medina
2: Oo So parang meron pa rin Anti-COVID parin.
1: na rally na.
2: Oo, meron pa rin <laughs> Pero I think yung urgency nararamdaman din talaga ng mga tao Kaya Kaw Cleave, are you vaccinated?
3: <laughs> yes, I am fully vaccinated. But I think yung concerned din kasi nga bahagi ng mga developments recently ay yung magba back to school, may mga pilot din ba may mga experiments sa pagbabalik-eskwela. Kasi napaka-alarming nung I'm sure you've seen it yung last na report from the World Bank tungkol din sa learning poverty sa Philippines, 'di ba? Kasi yung pandemic time no, na March, I think March around March nila ginawa yung pag-aaral no ay around 90%. So na uh, yung mga age 10 na mga kabata, uh, bata, kabataan, bata, ini bata batang Pilipino hindi marunong magpasa no. So na, 9 out of 10, ba? So napakataas. I think uh before the pandemic, yon ay nasa around 70%. So clearly parang napakalaki nung jump, eh. Sana, doon sa pagbabalik iskwela, ma- makahabol. Kasi we know na medyo irreversible eh, yung mga problems early childhood, sa grade school education, di ba? And syempre, ma mahirap ma-solve ma- yung mga problems post-COVID if ever that, you know, we would come to that point. If you have an illiterate population, that's for sure, di ba? So, yon But also, uh, interesting din makita yung kung paano isinagawa yung mismong pilot testing ng uh, pagbabalik de ba Parang may mga LGUs na mas scientific more than the others, as usual. Sa Pilipinas, may ibang uh, kung ano lang yung ibinabang directives, ba Isinunod lang. So, halimbawa nga, pinag-usapan yung shield, pero dun sa classrooms yung mga plastic barriers, no? mga glass uh, barriers na... <laughs> nakalagay, kahit hindi naman scientific kasi nga uh, um, airborne naman yung virus. And, bata'y sa saliling report ng DepEd nung sinurve nila yung mga teachers. nahirapan daw sila, hindi magkaringigan. Eh, kasi ang dami, di ba? Parang bawat isang tao talaga, bawat isang bata, parang sa desk, may, uh, di ba? May barrier. E talagang, syempre, may, may, may effects siguro yon doon sa um, acoustics ng classroom at hindi sila magkarinigan. Happy naman to see, like, you know, the at least yung Pasig City government, mas scientific yung kanilang pilot test. Diba? Dahil airborne, so what you have to do is to improve the air circulation and ventilation in the classroom. Na, when I think about it nga, sabi ko nga, actually, to, dapat medyo well-placed naman yung mga public school classrooms natin eh. Kasi, di ba, usually wala naman, Hindi naman talaga de-aircon yung mga... Hindi pala usually. I think talagang hindi naman de-aircon yung mga public elementary schools. Eh. So may place na pag-tumpisahan.
2: Usapin na lang ng congestion siguro. Ah,
0: yung ah. dami. So, yung nga iniisip ko eh. Bilang ako, I graduated from public elementary and high school. Like nung high school, 60 kami sa classroom eh. Tapos ng grade school, around that number din. As ilang shift yon parang panghapon hapon tsaka pang umaga. Siyempre, mas marami na sigurong tao ngayon kaysa nung high school at elementary students. Tayo, ayan, hindi lang ako. So, inisip ko ngayon, paano, paano magkakasha with all these parang mga harang-harang, mga barriers? Feeling ko marami talagang na-disenfranchise na, dis- na disenfranchise ng mga sadyante, no, Maraming hindi bumalik sa school, I would assume. Kasi kung yung nakikita natin, parang kaunting-kaunti lang, parang sampu lang sa nasa classroom. Alam nating hindi ganyan ang class size eh ng Pilipinas even before so nasaan yung ibang mga asadyante yun yung worry ko talaga pag-usapan naman natin itong isang issue kamakailan lamang I think November uh, 15 or November 16 yata some development sa West Philippine Sea at dito sa podcast monthly wrap-up nababang- nabanggit natin for some uh, several m- monthly wrap-ups na yung issue sa West Philippine Sea so it's a developing thing at nagpapatuloy nga development nitong buwan, we heard about the latest aggression or latest display of aggression of China um, in the West Philippine Sea. Hinarang nitong isang vessel ng Chinese Coast Guard, yung isang supply boat ng Pilipinas na papunta sana sa Ayungin Shoal on a resupply mission para sa ating outpost doon. So, kung familiar kayo dun sa... A grounded na ship na BRP Sierra Madre, yung very rusty na ship na outpost natin sa Ayungin Shoal, yun yung pupuntahan dapat. Kasi doon na- nanatili yung mga sundalo natin, um, or Philippine Coast Guard, na binabantayan yung ating um, exclusive economic zone at leasing sa Ayungin Shoal. So on their way there, uh, hinarang at water cannon yung ating supply boat. Nito nga, uh, yung ating DFA Secretary, Si Roxin, uh, I think already lodged a complaint and already talked to Beijing diplomats regarding this issue, regarding this incident. And President Duterte himself already expressed his anger. At the ang exact word ni- niya nga, sa isang regional summit I he abhors the, the recent altercation with the Chinese. Probably one of the stronger stances in Duterte since this issue has, has surfaced. No? What can you say about this issue? Lalo pag paparating ang eleksyon. I'm pretty sure na isa itong West Philippine Sea sa mga magiging key points of contention among uh, our candidates. Ano At yung pagpapatuloy rin siguro ng aggression kasi feeling ko mapag-uusapan itong issue na ito. Patrikula kasi connected siya sa relationship ng Pilipinas sa China. At nababalataan ko rin na dito lamang si Ping Lakson, isang presidential candidate, ay uh, nagpunta sa kung saan man sa West Philippine Sea um, to maybe signify his intent to defend um, our um, our territorial rights um, in these waters. So, yeah. What can you say about this?
2: So, siyempre napakalaking usapin nga pagdating sa territorial disputes natin sa ongoing seeming ongoing uh, battles natin with China in spite of all the successes that we had in the international uh, tribunals and arbitrations no so uh, at syempre napakalaking usapin niyan ngayon lalo dahil paparating na yung yung election katulad nung ng sinabi ni Lee no so isa yang malaking flashpoint ng 2016 elections for example kasi tinanong din talaga yung mga kandidato noon kung ano yung stand nila pagdating sa territorial disputes natin with with China at yung kung natin syempre yung jets remark ni uh, President Duterte na talagang nag-boost ng kanyang uh, imahe at nag-create ng maraming conversations online at offline no so ngayon na uh, meron ulit ganitong act of aggression let's call it that no dito sa sa West Philippine Sea uh, napakahalaga nga na mapag-usapan natin ito in the context of the elections in the Philippines. Kasi yung pagpapalit ng administrasyon, syempre, could signal a new policy towards uh, China. At least yung positioning natin towards uh, China.
1: Yes, so uh, isa yan sa mga kailangan nating abangan. Uh, as, as the campaign period uh, goes on, ano yung pronouncement ng ibat ibang mga kandidato for example what would be the what would be the the divergent point from from the current policy being implemented by the by the incumbent administration at yung iba so halimbawa in a meeting with the rotary club vice president uh, Lenny Robredo already spoke about this issue at sa kanya malinaw na uh, kailangan nating i-uphold yung ru- ruling arbitral ruling regarding the West Philippine Sea but at the same time, sabi din niya, kailangan nating i-revisit halimbawa yung long-standing alliance natin with the United States, Pero at the same time, uh we should also tap on our ASEAN neighbors. So I think yung pronouncements ni Vice President Robredo regarding her plans on this issue, Ay reminiscent of policies na pinlano ano ng ng liberal party nung sila, ay, nung sila ay ang ruling coalition nung panahon ni uh, ng previous administration ni uh, Noynoy Aquino. Ang inaabangan ko ngayon would be, ano ang magiging pronouncement ng ibang mga kandidato na mas may, na mas may affinity sa current administration? Like, siyempre, yung yung magiging uh, pronouncement dito nila, uh, sino, nga ba, sino ba kasi talagang administration candidate? <laughs> 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 Pronsment nila, nila Senator uh, Bongo at nila Sarah Duterte. So, will will inday Sarah as a Vice Presidential Candidate under the uh, Bongbong Marcos uh, Slate? Uh, would she speak against the, I don't know, despicable uh, policy that has been implemented by her father? So, very interesting itong issue na to. At I think um, marami din mag na naaring maging definitive issue siya. Kasi sa lahat ng issue na ibinabato or sa lahat ng uh, pagkukondena, okay, na, na ibinabato sa administrasyon, I think dito sa West Philippines si Sila wala talagang sagot. Na palatable sa kahit sa
3: mismong mga support. Yung yung West Philippine Sea issue parang for me from a political science stand- standpoint, napaka-interesting niya kasi hindi siya nakaka-affect so far sa public assessment of the of the performance of the Duterte administration as well as the popularity of etong mga presidential candidates who appears to just re-echo or yeah, adopt the same uh, pro-China policy of President Duterte. Parang consistently nakikita natin sa mga survey results na yung mga Filipinos, they don't like what the government is doing in response to the West Philippine Sea issue. Parang very clear yun. They're also not fans of uh, China, uh, either, parang neither China nor the current Chinese President Xi Jinping. And yet, parang when it comes to their assessments of the, of the people in power, uh, medyo hindi nakaka Effect, no? So uh, for me, it's interesting that um, I think yung Filipino voters, san ba sa kanyang mga criteria yung foreign policy when it comes to uh, diba, parang pag namimili ka ng kandidato. Kasi, halimbawa, inisip ko, American average American voter, parang they're very big on, diba, parang foreign policy. Eh, Parang a candidate could rise or fall depending on their, sinong gagirahin nila, di ba? Tapos, there's a, parang may voice ng veterans. May, so, parang, well, of course, dahil, in, imperialist yung, yung status Unidos kaya syempre mahalaga sa kanila indigmaan but it's yeah parang yun nga interesting na kung paano siya nagpipray out dun sa domestic politics domestic politics natin I think ako personally I'm disappointed like with how uh, presidential aspirants are responding to the issue I think Parang mejo pare yung sinasabi pa so far. Parang walang clear. I think I, I heard one interview of Professor J. Batong Bafal, our, our resident ano, no, maritime law expert. Na. It appears to be that even our presidential aspirants, you know, have yet to really show the public, tell the public ano yung kanilang long-term policy of engaging China. Also, because we're complex, na pa challenging na topic din yon, di ba? Kung nangangarap kayong magpresidente yung nag ka maging Pangulo, these are some of the issues that you really need to tackle head-on. Halimbawa, I, halimbawa uh, I think yung isang nagustuhan kong narinig so far is from um Caliody de Guzman, uh, who said? Now, of course, China—the presence of Chinese troops—is an issue, but also of the American troops, diba Yung parang at the end of the day, magiging conflict nila tong dalawa, so they threaten the sovereignty and the security of the Filipino people. Pero kahit yung ganong classing position, policy position, I would also parang ask Caliody. So, so, ano gagawin ng Philippine government, right? parang yun kasi parang so kung utusan mo ang sekretary ng department of affairs anong gagawin day one ba parang mag mag-march ba tayo dyan sa West Philippine Sea or what diba? so yun i think yeah i think for all presidential aspirants yun na medyo lito pa sila other than that parang meron clear na alibawa senator Pacquiao, Bongbong bong marcos ano lang um talagang clear sa kanila na policy, medyo pro-China policy yung kanilang foreign policy, at least with the, with their um, latest pronouncements. Uh, yeah. So,
0: yeah. very interesting yung nabanggit mo yan, Cleve, no? yung stances ng ating mga kandidato sa pagkapangulo. And I think it is already apparent where our candidates stand on this issue, sabi mo nga. Like, Lenny will probably continue the stance of the Aquino administration na assert yung arbitral ruling na napanawlanan natin noong 2016. But I heard Marcos Jr. is already parroting Duterte's stance on the West Philippine Sea along the lines of uh, hindi natin kayang manalo sa guerra with China. So very zero-sum thinking, kumbaga, at walang attempt in the slightest to analyze the issue more deeply. Sabi ng May pro-China leanings itong si Marcos Jr. I mean, may Chinese consulate nga sa lawag, ba? Anyway, ang point ko lang naman ay, mukhang magiging importanteng conversation ng West Philippine Sea sa darating na eleksyon. So it would do us good to understand sa anong posisyon nga ba natin mababalanse yung karapatan natin sa ating exclusive economic zone sa West Philippine Sea at yung international and geopolitical interests ng ating bansa. I think we will see more of this conversation in the coming months now that
3: we're talking about yung mga position ng presidential aspirants no and foreign policy international politics uh, very interesting this november talaga yung o Unfolding na uh, drama nine ng 2022 elections, diba? I mean, of course it's amusing, but also it's a bit disappointing, de Na aganito ah, na yung nangyari sa politika natin, I, and I'm talking about yung from the filing of candidacy up to the point na finalized na yung mga after the substitution circles. No, so now we have a clear idea. At this point, November 29, at least we have a clear idea of who the candidates are uh, for the presidency as well as for the vice presidency. No, whether it's a good development or not, well, yun ang uh, parang I think alam natin na medyo hindi talaga good yung naging development this past weeks no regarding the elections. Aside from the substitution circus, na clearly pinaglalaroan ng political class yung taong bayan, diba, na ba na. They're just, um, may mga placeholder lang sila, tapos iwi-withdraw, papalitan, because um, nag-uusap-uusap pa sila. It really shows din yung decay ng democratic norms, even among the political elites. Parang, kasi for me, that in itself, that, that matters na, di ba, parang may paggalang pa din sila dun sa norms na gano'n. But that in itself, they don't have it. That's yung isyu mismo ng ano yung isyu ng so what happened after the uh, substitution circus eh, we see that uh, may nabubuo unholy trinity unholy alliance <laughs> unholy trinity unholy alliance no Na, uh, sa pagitan ng isa sa mga ano talaga pinaka ka infamous pinaka naka naka katapot pi naka worst Parang worse sa pag sa record ng pagkanaka, worse sa record ng human rights, talagang ano talaga top champion, honor talaga honor roll no? Families na Marcoses, Duterte, Arroyo no? And now uh, and most recently Estrada din, debat Nakakatakot yung um, development na yun. Parang head on I, I think I so, I see in social media yung conversations na and uh na, oh, actually we shouldn't be afraid of this development because it shows that they're threatened they're afraid that's why they're unifying diba yeah yeah I, I see i i see ano, i see parang i see these kinds of um points uh, sa social media and yun nga parang you know i i i i have to disagree because if you look at the behavior of the political class natin parang a bit of political history di ba? parang this is clearly ano yan yung mga tumataya lang yan usually sa mga alamado sa mananalo na so bandwagon bandwagon effect talaga yan clearly eh. and so that it sense, uh, parang it's a, it's um it's a worrying development diba that these political families these members of the political class who we know have a really 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 um, significant stake you know, to stay in power is that they're hoping they're hoping they're placing their bets on one candidate that means that they're more or less sure that that's their path to victory diba the staying in power. So yeah, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, ako, gusto kong i-underscore yung sinabi na yun ni Cleave, yung erosion ng democratic norms, it appears, na hanggang doon sa mga mismong political aspirants. At hindi naman ito kasi yung mga bagong politiko. Eh. Sila yung mga dati na, na alam naman na nila dapat yung ginagawa nila. So alam na dapat na nila yung ambisyon nila. Pero nakita natin na yun nga, parang pinaglalaroan yung sistema at alam mo, dragging it out, parang creating drama, unnecessary drama, no kung ganun man yung gusto nilang uh, mangyari o talagang may negotiation behind the scenes. Nonetheless, na-exploit yung sistema ng pagkakaroon ng substitution system. Kaya wala tayong set of candidates hanggang mag-November 15 na malinaw. No? So, at syempre gusto ko ring i-underscore yung sinabi ni Cleve nga yun na yung wag natin masadong at one point i overestimate yung, yung opposition that that we are really going to win at, at the same time wag nating underestimate definitely yung alliance na yon ng tatlong tatlong apat tatlo apat na mga surnames na yun. kasi itong tatlo apat na mga surnames na to they have definite considerable political clout. Oo, kaakibat ng pangalan na 'yan yung mga baluarte, kaakibat ng mga pangalan na 'yan yung pera, kaakibat ng mga pangalan na 'yan yung uh, supporters at makinaria, So, imagine kung nagsama-sama sila and yun nga sabi ni Clive, putting their bets, putting their bets on one candidate. ba? Ibig sabihin din noon, hindi lang naman yun rhetoric, eh. ibig sabihin noon, posibleng may kaakibat yung na resources para doon sa sa kandidato na 'yon. So, it's it's calling on other candidates perhaps or the opposition to really maybe get our acts together and really try to to see the bigger picture yun yung yun yung akin
1: ako yung november 15 sobrang gulo nitong araw na to kung maaalala niyo sobrang Sobrang what? Sobrang what the hell is going hanggang on? Hanggang gabi. Mula uh, umaga hanggang gabi. Parang, eh, parang you have the president himself declaring na tatakbo siyang vice president tapos biglang si Inday Sara nagfile file ng vice president ng... Candidacy for vice presidency And people were like So would it be Duterte versus Duterte? Tapos bigla ang ending uh, The president would run for senator So Senator Ang gulo Parang Anong nangyayari? Tapos yun nga yun yung surprise Parang merong Nagmagkahiwala Yung yung slate na sinusuportahan ng Pangulo At yung slate na kinabibilangan ng kanyang anak So some people may see this as may, maybe there's some internal food going on sa kanila na hindi natin alam pero ako sa totoo lang ayaw akong mag-overrate mag-overrate dito tingin ko they're just placing their bets everywhere di ba? so maybe iniisip nila maaaring malakas pa rin yung uh, hawak natin bilang incumbent administration but at the same time, we can really see that Bongbong Marco is a very formidable candidate so dapat meron din tayong stake dyan. Sa, parang alam eh, parang they're putting their fingers in all of the pies except of course uh, in the opposition. So, and yes, yeah, sobrang parang hindi na madaling, hindi na ganong kadaling suriin or i-analyze yung itsura ng demokrasya ng Pilipinas because of all of these things na nangyayari, sobrang unconventional nga. ano Ang gulo-gulo, ang gulo talaga. Parang ano siya, anarchy of families 2.0. Ibang-ibang, <laughs> nag-mutate na.
2: Yung term ni Dr. Tihangki, diba? Anarchy of parties. na already, Nakita natin na, yeah. hindi sila necessarily da pa hindi sila necessarily belonging to a particular party but kahit magkakaiba sila ng partido they are of the same family exactly that, I
1: think kung meron mang ipinapakita ito itong halimbawa itong itong coalition na to tong mad coalition plus era. Ang pinapakita talaga niyan ay sobrang homogenous ng ating political elite. Parang kahit na mag-away-away yan at some elections or another, may kita mo talaga na at the end of the day, um, they have this particular interest kung saan magkasama-sama sila para lang maprotektahan. And I think, tama din yung sinasabi ni Aaron na kailangan mag-isip-isip ng opposition. Ano? Ako talaga, umaasa talaga ako hanggang sa dulo na magkakaroon tayo ng United Opposition. Pero sa mga developments in the recent weeks, mukhang hindi siya mangyayari. para mas talo siyang lumalabo. For example, itong issue sa NTFL-CAC halimbawa yung oh, naging yeah. pronouncement ni Vice President Plantero Brador na marikin kano dana ng kampon ng, ng ng labor like nila yodi but at the same time we have I mean we have some blocks of the labor movement na nakipag usap presidente din kay Vice President for her labor agenda for example so I don't know I don't know medyo matagal pa naman ano ang until May mga, more or less six until months til the start so, of the campaign at yeah, least yeah 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 so pero sa ngayon I would echo what Aaron said na we really have to get our shit together. Well,
0: while I agree na totoo naman na may time pa, ilang buwan pa bago yung election, actually hindi pa nga talaga simula ng campaign period eh, no? sa February pa talaga yan. Pero crucial din talaga itong period Exactly na ito this ngayon. period ano. Yes. The substitution deadline may have ended noong November 15 but a lot of things can and still will happen. Bongo, in fact, is set to withdraw. Ewan ko kung nabeltaan nyo, pero mukhang iiyak ulit siya one of these days in one of his speeches. Oh, definitely. So, kapag nangyari yun, sino na nga ba talaga ang admin candidate? Ako, ang tingin ko talaga, it's gonna be Marcus Jr. Kasi, for one, pinaparot na nga lang niya yung stances ni Duterte, like yung sa pro-China stance niya or yung sa NTF-ELCAC. Pero, you know, more than these issues, iniisip ko rin, how Duterte, in general, ruined our elections? I mean, I mean, Rodrigo Duterte, who started the substitution game, who upended the democratic system, and now who's immersing the Filipino people sa napakalalang drama ng pamilya at succession sa politika. Kailangan natin magbalik siguro sa core values ng ating demokrasya para ma-realize natin na kailangan may pagbabagong maganap. At... Kung huwag sa darating na eleksyon, ano?
1: Actually, ano, kasi sobrang ng drama. And I think tayo bilang mga, I think, part of the critical mass, kailangan din nating maging vigilant on the way uh, conversations are are being framed regarding this election. So halimbawa, uh, Rodrigo Duterte recently, di ba, may, mer- meron siyang mga pronouncement na yung isa naman dyan, very weak leader, pangalan lang ang meron, sa nagkokain kasi yan, tapos... People were very quick to react because it was, well it was it was really comical and kind of funny but at the same time I think we should be careful on on how those kinds of on how we are letting those kinds of fr- pronouncements shape the conversation Totoo ba issue to nan droga? Yo, I think kailangan nating maging um aware about those things and siguro, uh, especially for our friends or for our listeners na may, may clout uh-huh. so to speak ano? I gawin nila yung kanilang role I think or play the role that ma-shape yung conversation towards more meaningful ones kasi sobrang daming mahalagang issue na kailangang pag-usapan sa election.
2: Yeah, ako gusto ko lang din siguro itanong to kay Clive bilang isang political science scholar. Kasi yung yung impression ko when when for example in the in the 2010 elections, the campaign was really directed against GMA for example. Alam mo yon na parang yung narrative ni Pinoy was really, kung walang corrupt, walang mahirap, and everybody sort of followed suit na labanan natin ng corruption and so on, ganyan. Diba? And then in 2016, uh, bef- when Rodrigo Duterte you know, began his overtures towards populism, doon na direct yung conversation na ano ba yung polisya natin about this. Parang yung impression ko kasi so far at this early stage of the presidential uh, elections coming, parang kasing wala pang ganong narrative or wala pang critical conversation na iniikutan yung mga kandidato. No? Parang wala pang, wala pang nagsiset nung debate parameters, if I may say. ba Na parang andami pang issues it's still everywhere kaya kaya din ang daming nangyayari What do you think
0: like yeah,
3: i think kasi parang kung titingnan natin how the par, how the election land, landscape is shaping up malaking difference between 2010 and 2016 2010 was i think uh, a change kind of like election oh, alam ba nan sino oh. ang change candidate sino tong totoong change candidate what hmm. kind of change would you promise because at that point on 2010 at uh, tapang tapana yung ano eh, yung uh, uh, popularity ni uh, Arroyo noon, ba? so kumb- kaya nga ang kayanga uh, when gibo t yudoro, ba was anointed as the administration candidate? alam ng lahat na o oh, keys of death yan, parang <laughs> uh. goodbye sa yung presidential ambitions because ba hindi wala na yan. but I, yun yung I think that's the biggest difference because now what we see is that si President Duterte meron pa din siyang power to influence yung hmm. public opinion in terms of who should be the next president. In fact, he remains popular, his policies are still popular, and uh, kaya this election is a continuity one. Kaya nag-aagawan ngayon ay sinong makakapagpatuloy ng um, legacy ni President Duterte. In fact, um, you would be surprised even uh, Vice President Lenny Robredo would say that she wants to continue build, build, build because we know that that's a very popular policy of this administration regardless of the so many problems. Uh, I mean, alam natin may problems but like, kung public opinion lang yung batayan, you have to say it. Otherwise, you lose all of the parang hmm, voters exactly. agad, diba So parang ganun siya, ilabanan siya ng sinong makakapagmana ng legacy. Unfortunately, diba, um ba, kahit gaano uh, actually doctor term is winasak <laughs> ng uh, pamahalaang Duterte yung Pilipinas eh yo 'di ba parang ang labanan papalae sino magpapatuloy no ba ng pagwawakas <laughs> yeah but and but, but i what i want to parang babalikan ko yung um sinasabi kanina kasi ni Vivek na so halimbawa ka when president uh, Duterte was um, accusing certain presidential candidate of using cocaine, of being a weak leader, we see that some of the opposition, unfortunately, baka yung ating mga listeners na <laughs> opposition, baka bakit naman puro criticism sa opposition. Well, kasi yung social media ko din ay echo chamber ng opposition. So that's what I see. Same. Diba? So parang, so medyo na ako nakakakuha ng, okay, so what do I have to say about this? So parang feeling ko, nang, when that was welcome, yung remarks sa'yo, that was welcomed by uh, opposition voters. I was, I was a bit worried kasi I think what is also uh, clear so far, what is emerging so far, is that, napapakita yung parang may absence ng political imagination and political experimentation and the part of those who want to stop the, the MAD plus Estrada Alliance. Parang feeling ko the fact na na-miss substitution deadline, nang walang umusbong na serious na parang combination, paglalaro. I mean, if you look at the ruling coalition, naglalaro sila, willing silang mag-experiment. Precisely because you know they want to stay in power but also I was I was expecting that you know um those who want to stop them the opposition will have the same kinds of like political imagination o oh, ikaw um uh o oh, ikaw mayor isko mag-ano ka mag-ascend senator gab i promise natin sa yo senate presidency ikaw ganito ka kaliyod uh, magigintol like uh-huh. i don't know like i think i think meron mm-hmm. uh, na parang mga public um clamor, if you will. Pero parang gusto kong makakita ng serious attempts ng mga candidates on the non-administration candidates to experiment na uh-uh. magpakita din kayo, bakit sila nag-meeting sa Cebu? Mag-meeting din kayo Correct. sa passing or somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mag-meeting din kayo, magpakita din kayo nang nagtatry kayong mag-experiment. Parang kung hindi na lang din up, kung hindi man lang absent sa political imagining, also PR. Parang, exactly. You know, I Packaging. Mean, not, hinahag nila yung news cycle precisely because parang may, may excitement na, you know, they're they're considering different kinds of, like, alternatives. Parang for all the talk that we always say that the opposition would like an alternative, parang there's also a refusal to really experiment on what kinds of alternative would the people like, try to embrace. Hmm. Diba? Yeah. Um, with, with no offense to um, parang mga opposition candidates ngayon, uh, parang I, I see that some of the May, 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 uh may talk of trying new things, but um, because uh, the election competitive, the other side is more uh, parang willing to really show that they're trying new things. Parang ganun.
2: Yeah, and I, and I hope mm-hmm. somehow they, they learn from, from the 2016 elections when Mar Rojas approached Grace Poe super late in the game. Alam mo yon na parang yeah. it could have changed the tide of, of the elections had it been done way earlier. Pero hindi nila natrabaho na siguro earlier, uh, either on Grace Po side or on Marojas' side. Kasi sila naman yung dalawang pinaka-formidable na candidate na may chance na na manalo nun against Rodrigo Duterte. So parang sana lang hindi sila mafrustrate frustrate ulit this time around with trying to play catch up kasi yung yung machinery ng administration ay tuloy-tuloy yung pagki-create ng ng scenarios eh. so
1: so mukhang yeah. uphill talaga itong battle for the opposition but at the same time i won't very easily give up on hope as well of kasi course. kita naman natin sa datos ano uh, halimbawa si uh, vice president lanero breddo na talagang pumoposisyon bilang uh, the opposition candidate ay upwards naman ang kanyang mga numero sa mga recent survey so let's just hope that in the next uh in the next weeks or in the next months leading to the campaign period and leading to the election they would do the right things or they would do better to to keep up with this number at makadikit kasi alam naman i mean we know what happened in 2016 de ba ang kailangan lang naman niya ay makadikit sa numero ng kanyang kalaban and look at where it brought her diba. so from de 1% to vice president kaya yung tawag sa kanya eh. So, I, I, I know, iba yung terrain ng election na to. Pero at the same time, I think we've also learned some important lessons from the past. Kaya mahalaga talaga yung kasaysayan. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly.
1: So, ayan. Yeah, so, makinig kayo ng podcast para, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you okay. can learn more. So, that's it for November monthly wrap-up. So, tuloy-tuloy ang aming mga episode for the season four. Hindi na bago yan, Kung saan uh, pinag-uusapan namin yung iba't ibang mga issue na pinapaniwalaan naming yung mga critical na issue sa conversations, especially uh, during this very critical period in our political history. Again, we would like to thank Cleve Arguelles, for joining us in this episode. So thank you very much, uh, Cleve. Uh, baka meron kang gusto sabihin sa ating listeners. Baka may mga projects ka dyan. Or I don't know. Maybe uh, gusto kong i-plug or baka may message ka sa podcast listeners natin.
3: Hindi. Eh, ang gusto kong i-plug ay yung uh, kasaysayan. Parang etong na-realize ko pagka election cycle lagi, uh, marami tayong commentaries na based on recent developments. But it's really important to go back Yung development, yun nga, yung uh, history ng election sa Pilipinas. And you'll see yung behavior ng political class. Yung kanilang uh, what's, you know, uh, the usual, diba? And how they they keep staying in power. At yun, maraming salamat ulit for having me for this uh, November uh, monthly wrap-up
0: episode. Thank you for joining us, Cleve. At sana next time I magpa-unlaka ulit na mag-guest sa aming, uh, maybe sa regular season. Ano. Uh, and with that, we end another monthly wrap-up. So November na, isang buwan lang, magma-monthly wrap-up tayo for the last time this 2021. Very exciting times. As always, you can find us in all major social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also watch our episodes on YouTube as well. Just look for Podcast TV. We are also in all major podcast platforms. We are on Anchor, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, we are on Spotify. You may also want to visit our website, podcast.org. Thank
1: you for listening and have a good day.